Hi, this is Hale Shepard, an international tax and tax dispute attorney with a passion for writing. You're listening to Prose by Tax Prose, another article by Hale Shepard. I published a series of articles offering insight about complicated tax issues while still making them interesting and understandable. Please continue listening for one of my articles, previously published in a major journal and read by a professional. It's important to note that I am a tax attorney, but I'm not your tax attorney. The information in the article does not constitute advice or guidance of any type to anyone. It's being provided for general informational purposes only. New IRS Enforcement Campaign to Stop Tax Violations by Non-Resident Aliens Renting and Selling U.S. Real Property Written by Hale E. Shepard Published in Journal of Taxation, September 2020 The good news is that large numbers of foreign investors are injecting money into the U.S. economy by buying real property. The bad news is that many are not paying the correct amount of U.S. income taxes when they rent or sell such property. The IRS is hyper-aware of this problem and several others thanks to three reports issued by the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, or TIGTA, over the past decade. The IRS, following its normal playbook, announced a compliance campaign in March 2020 designed to correct the situation. This article begins by explaining the unique U.S. tax rules applicable to non-resident aliens, NRAs, renting U.S. real property, as well as those pertaining to sales of such property. After establishing that foundation, the article discusses the contents of the three TIGTA reports, focusing on the extent of the tax noncompliance and its causes. Next, the article provides more details about the IRS's new compliance and related enforcement efforts. The article concludes by exploring various options potentially available to NRAs who want to approach the IRS proactively to resolve matters on the most favorable terms possible. Taxation of Rental Income from U.S. Real Property Held by NRAs To appreciate the significance of this article, one must first have a basic understanding of the tax rules related to rental real property located in the United States that is held by an NRA. Overview of General Rules Passive income, including rental income, generated by U.S. sources not connected with the U.S. trade or business, and received by an NRA, generally is subject to a 30% income tax rate on the gross amount of income. This means that the so-called withholding agent, normally the renter, lessee, or property manager, must reserve a significant portion of the total income and send it to the IRS as opposed to the NRA. By comparison, the IRS taxes an NRA who is engaged in a U.S. trade or business at the normal graduated progressive rates on net income, that is, after taking into account business-related deductions. Special rules exist for certain rental real estate. Section 871D provides that an NRA who obtains income from U.S. real property held for the production of income, which is not already treated as income connected with the U.S. trade or business for some reason, 
can elect to treat all such income, including rental income, as effectively connected income. The main benefits for an NRA of making the Section 871D election are that he can, one, essentially convert the passive renting of U.S. real property into an active trade or business for tax purposes, two, avoid a flat tax rate of 30% on gross income effectuated by tax withholding at source, and three, claim a multitude of tax deductions related to the property. Once an NRA makes a Section 871D election for one year, it remains in effect for all later years unless the IRS gives the NRA permission to revoke it. An NRA who makes the Section 871D election reports income and deductions related to the U.S. real property on Schedule E, Supplemental Income and Loss from Rental Real Estate, Royalties, Partnerships, S-Corporations, Estates, Trusts, Remix, etc., to Form 1040-NR, U.S. Non-Resident Alien Income Tax Return. The IRS simplifies and summarizes the relevant rules for NRAs in its publication 519. If you have income from real property located in the United States that you own or have an interest in and hold for the production of income, you can choose to treat all income from that property as income effectively connected with a trade or business in the United States. The choice applies to all income from real property located in the United States and held for the production of income, and to all income from any interest in such property. This includes income from rents. You can make this choice only for real property income that is not otherwise effectively connected with your U.S. trade or business. If you make the choice, you can claim deductions attributable to the real property income and only your net income from real property is taxed. Here is another example provided by the IRS of how making a Section 871D election could financially benefit an NRA. If an NRA received $36,000 of gross rental income from U.S. property during a year and did not make a Section 871D election, then such income would be subject to income tax of $10,800, i.e. 30% of $36,000. On the other hand, if the NRA were to make the election, then gross rental income would be reduced by mortgage interest, depreciation, management fees, taxes, insurance expenses, etc., and the remaining net income amount would be taxed at the graduated or progressive rates, which might be below 30%. Detail about Section 871D Election Section 871, like many tax provisions, is vague about how to make the relevant election, merely stating that it may be made only in such manner and at such time as the IRS may by regulations prescribe. The corresponding regulations explain the election procedure in the following manner. An election made under this section without the consent of the IRS shall be made for a taxable year by filing with the income tax return required under Section 6012 and the regulations thereunder for such taxable year a statement to the effect that the election is being made. This statement shall include a. a complete schedule of all real property or any interest in real property of which the taxpayer is titular or beneficial owner which is located in the United States. b 
an indication of the extent to which the taxpayer has direct or beneficial ownership in each such item of real property or interest in real property, c. the location of the real property or interest therein, d. a description of any substantial improvements on any such property, and e. an identification of any taxable year or years in respect of which a revocation or new election under this section has previously occurred. In addition to making a proper, timely Section 871D election with the IRS, the NRA must adequately inform the withholding agent, e.g., the renter, lessee, or property manager, of his current tax stance. The NRA does this by supplying the withholding agent a Form W-8ECI, Certificate of Foreign Persons Claim that Income is Effectively Connected with the Conduct of a Trade or Business in the United States, which notifies such agent that the rental income should be exempt from the standard 30% withholding. If the NRA does not make a Section 871D election, then he must provide the withholding agent with a Form W-8BEN, Certificate of Foreign Status of Beneficial Owner for United States Tax Withholding and Reporting Individuals, thereby confirming that the gross rental income will be subject to 30% withholding in the United States or some lower rate contemplated by treaty. Need for a timely tax return. Generally, an NRA cannot claim deductions unless he files a true, accurate, and timely Form 1040-NR. This includes deductions related to rental real estate that becomes available to NRAs after making a Section 871D election. The concept of what timely filing means is unique in this context. If an NRA filed a Form 1040-NR for the previous year, or if the current year is the first for which the NRA is required to file a Form 1040-NR, then the NRA must file it within 16 months of the due date. However, if the current year is not the first year for which the NRA was required to file a Form 1040-NR, and the NRA did not file a Form 1040-NR for the previous year, then the deadline for the current year is, the earlier of, 16 months from the due date or the date on which the IRS mails a notice to the NRA advising him that Forms 1040-NR have not been filed and that he may not claim most deductions and or credits. Summing it all up. Cases dealing directly and substantively with the Section 871D election are scarce. One of the few is Espinoza, 107 TC 146, 1996, which does a good job of summarizing the tax or legal standards and applying the facts. The taxpayer in Espinoza was an NRA. He owned two rental properties in the United States. They both produced rental income, but after taking into account the relevant expenses, each property showed a net loss. The taxpayer was required to file a Form 1040-NR annually, but failed to do so. The IRS sent the taxpayer a letter in November 1992 inquiring about Forms 1040-NR and indicating that the IRS would prepare Substitute for Returns, SFRs, based on the available data if he did not voluntarily file by December 1992. The taxpayer did not so file. In January 1993, the IRS sent another letter to the taxpayer 
saying that it would prepare SFRs if he refused to file Forms 1040-NR within 20 days. Again, the taxpayer did not react. The result of this inaction was a notice from the IRS in March 1993 advising the taxpayer that it had prepared SFRs without giving him the benefit of any deductions. Later, in October 1993, the taxpayer actually filed all outstanding Forms 1040-NR, which reflected net losses from the two rental properties. Each Form 1040-NR contained a Section 871-D election. In January 1994, the IRS issued a Notice of Deficiency covering four years, one, ignoring the late Forms 1040-NR filed by the taxpayer along with Section 871-D election enclosed with the first one, two, using the SFRs to determine the taxes due, and three, asserting delinquency penalties and estimated tax penalties. The taxpayer filed a timely petition with the tax court to dispute the notice of deficiency. The taxpayer in Espinoza acknowledged to the tax court that Section 874A disallows deductions in situations where taxpayers do not file timely Forms 1040-NR. He nevertheless argued that filing Forms 1040-NR after the IRS sent multiple notices inquiring about the missing Forms 1040-NR, but before the IRS issued a notice of deficiency, constitutes a timely filing, such that he should be entitled to all the deductions warranted after making a Section 871-D election. The tax court rejected the taxpayer's position, regardless of the harsh outcome, on the following grounds. We hold, in the circumstances of this case, that the submission of returns by the NRA after SFRs have been prepared by the IRS and after the NRA had been notified that no deductions are allowable, but prior to the issuance of the Notice of Deficiency, is insufficient to avoid the sanction of Section 874A. We recognize that the application of Section 874A in this case may appear draconian. That result, however, flows from the nature of the statute. As we have suggested, were we to hold otherwise, we essentially would reward the NRA for ignoring the repeated requests by the IRS that he comply with the filing requirements of the Code. Taxation of Sales Proceeds from U.S. Real Property by NRAs The preceding segment of this article explained the rules related to NRAs renting U.S. real property, while the focus here is on duties where NRAs sell such property. Overview Congress passed the Foreign Investment in Real Property Tax Act, FERPTA, in 1980, which it later supplemented with the Deficit Reduction Act and the Protecting Americans from Tax Hike Acts. Together, these laws impose income tax on foreign persons selling U.S. real property interests, which the IRS collects by essentially deputizing U.S. withholding agents against their will to retain and remit to the IRS a certain percentage of the gross sales proceeds. How much must be withheld depends on various factors, including whether the seller is an NRA or foreign entity, the amount of the sale, the year of the sale, and the character of the property, i.e. commercial or residential. The current withholding percentage when dealing with NRA sellers ranges from $0 to 15% of the gross sales proceeds. 
The legislative history from several decades ago explains the need for withholding. A major problem with FERPTA under prior law was that it could often be easily evaded. Since the tax was not due until a tax return was filed after the end of the year, a foreign person could sell his or her U.S. real estate, take the proceeds out of the United States, and since he or she was beyond the jurisdiction of the United States, not pay any tax to the United States on the sale. Moreover, through nominees and foreign corporations established in tax havens, he or she could reinvest these untaxed proceeds back in the United States with impunity, requiring the persons with control over the amount paid to withhold tax is the method used to ensure collection of tax on other payments of income to foreign persons and is used by almost all countries. The IRS still stands behind the utility of withholding and overwithholding taxes on sales proceeds destined for foreign sellers for the same reasons. The purpose of enacting Section 1445 was to impose a withholding tax on the anticipated taxes due on any capital gain from the sale of a U.S. real property interest by a foreign seller. This is generally the only way the IRS has to ensure the collection of these taxes. Once the foreign seller and the sale proceeds leave the United States, it is often difficult for the IRS to enforce collection of any delinquent taxes due. When this happens, the foreign sellers may be able to evade payment of taxes. FERPTA serves as an incentive for foreign sellers to file tax returns with the IRS, which means Forms 1040-NR in the case of NRAs, in order to report income from the sale and to claim credits, and possibly a refund, for any taxes already withheld and remitted to the IRS by the U.S. withholding agent. Filing and processing Forms 8288 and Forms 8288-A. Transactions subject to FERPTA, unsurprisingly, trigger various filing requirements with the IRS. The two main returns for buyers of U.S. real property from foreigners are Form 8288, U.S. Withholding Tax Return for Dispositions by Foreign Persons of U.S. Real Property Interests, and Form 8288-A, Statement of Withholding on Dispositions by Foreign Persons of U.S. Real Property Interests. Buyers must complete and file Form 8288, enclosing Form 8288-A, within 20 days of the transfer of the relevant property and remit the taxes withheld. If the buyer violates these duties, then the buyer becomes liable for the taxes, as well as any penalties and interest charges. To put things into perspective, Buyers filed 19,817 Forms 8288 in 2017, which represents tax withholding of approximately $1.6 billion. Buyers must send Forms 8288 and Forms 8288-A to a special FERPTA unit, where a tax examiner enters the data into the so-called FERPTA database. The goal of the FERPTA database is to allow the IRS to verify the tax credits later claimed by the foreign sellers when they file their Forms 1040-NR, often demanding a refund because of excessive withholding. If a Form 8288-A received by the FERPTA unit is incomplete or not attached to a Form 8288, 
or if there is a mismatch between the sales proceeds and amount of taxes withheld shown on Form 8288-A and Form 8288, then the tax examiner sends a letter to the buyer seeking missing data or clarification. If the buyer does not respond to the letter, the tax examiner simply inputs into the FERPTA database the information, perhaps inaccurate, as stated on Form 8288-A. Third parties must file Form 1099-S. In addition to buyers filing Forms 8288 and Forms 8288-A, their settlement agents, i.e., the persons responsible for closing real estate transactions, such as title and or escrow companies, must file Forms 1099-S, Proceeds from Real Estate Transactions, with the IRS. Form 8288-B to Seek Withholding Waiver or Reduction A buyer or foreign seller can apply for a so-called withholding certificate, which allows for a complete exemption from or reduction of tax withholding. They apply by filing a Form 8288-B, Application for Withholding Certificate for Dispositions by Foreign Persons of a U.S. Real Property Interests, with the FERPTA unit. Timing is important here. If the Form 8288-B is submitted on or before the date of the property transfer and the IRS issues a withholding certificate indicating that the foreign seller is exempt from tax withholding, then the buyer does not need to file Form 8288. However, if the Form 8288-B is filed after the transfer or if the withholding certificate only provides for a reduced withholding rate, then the buyer must file a Form 8288 and attach the withholding certificate. Filing Forms 1040-NR to Claim Tax Refunds Foreign sellers are keen to claim their tax credits for the amounts forcibly withheld by the U.S. withholding agents and remitted to the IRS pursuant to FERPTA. As indicated above, in the case of foreign individuals, they do so by filing a Form 1040-NR and attaching a copy of the Form 8288-A stamped or approved by the IRS. If the tax liability shown on Form 1040-NR is less than the amount previously withheld, then the NRA gets a refund. This process involves big numbers. NRAs filed 17,201 Forms 1040-NR for 2017 alone, claiming tax credits of approximately $540 million. The IRS tries to avoid errors in the FERPTA context, of course. Tax examiners located in the group known as IRS Error Resolution are charged with verifying 100% of the tax credits claimed on Forms 1040-NR. They do so by matching the tax credits claimed on Forms 1040-NR filed by NRAs with the corresponding information available in the FERPTA database derived from Forms 8288-A and withholding certificates filed by the buyers. In situations where an NRA files a Form 1040-NR claiming a credit or refund and there's no relevant information in the FERPTA database, the IRS still allows the tax credit provided that the NRA can provide supporting documentation for the figures, such as a settlement statement from the transaction. Notably, the IRS issued guidance in 2010 stating that foreign sellers should get the tax credits 
as long as they provide supporting documentation, even if the buyers have not filed Form 8288, have not filed Form 8288-A, and have not paid the taxes to the IRS. Analysis of three TIGTA reports TIGTA has issued three separate reports over the past decade criticizing different aspects of IRS enforcement of rules related to NRAs renting or selling U.S. real property. Such reports are dense and full of statistics, as one would expect. Only those aspects germane to this article are discussed below. First TIGTA report issued in 2014. The first TIGTA report analyzed the issues from the perspective of Form 1099-S and concluded that the IRS needed much improvement. IRS management cannot provide assurance that foreign sellers subject to the FERPTA are in compliance because they have been unsuccessful in their attempts to identify transactions that are subject to the law. Our analysis of Form 1099-S data indicates that there may be significant noncompliance with the FERPTA filing and paying requirements. TIGTA reviewed thousands of Forms 1099-S filed by settlement agents and identified transactions involving sellers who were NRAs. In 53% of such transactions, the buyer had not filed a Form 8288 or Form 8288-A, and nobody had filed a Form 8288-B seeking a withholding certificate. This translated into about $513 million of real property transactions on which NRAs might have avoided U.S. income tax. Another problem identified in the first TIGTA report was allowing NRA sellers to claim excessive tax credits, which precipitated erroneous refunds. The most pronounced problem was approval of credits in situations where NRAs did not present adequate supporting documentation to the IRS, such as a settlement statement. TIGTA calculated the financial effect over five years, concluding that the oversights by the IRS in terms of unwarranted credits could deprive the country of nearly $12.8 million in tax revenues. The first TIGTA report also devoted significant attention to the lack of follow-through by the IRS after it had either, one, denied a Form 8288-B from a foreign seller soliciting an exemption from tax withholding, or two, issued a withholding certificate authorizing only a partial reduction in tax. TIGTA found that buyers did not file Forms 8288 and did not withhold any taxes in 27% of the situations where the IRS denied Forms 8288-B, and in 8% of the cases where the IRS granted only partial tax reductions. Extrapolating over five years, TIGTA estimated that such noncompliance initiated by foreign sellers, coupled with no enforcement by the IRS, would result in $44.8 million in unpaid taxes. The first TIGTA report went on to explain that the IRS already had in place a computer process capable of identifying instances where buyers did not file Forms 8288 after the IRS had rejected Forms 8288-B by foreign sellers. However, the IRS had dropped the ball, so to speak. IRS management discovered that the report needed to identify those buyers that did not file a Form 8288 after the Form 8288-B was denied, was not generating. As a result, 
IRS personnel did not follow up with these buyers to ensure their compliance. In addition, a lack of procedures to follow up on Form 8288-B requests that were approved for a reduced withholding amount prevented the IRS from identifying noncompliance in this area of the population. Without stronger monitoring or procedural controls, the IRS cannot ensure buyer compliance with Form 8288 filing and FERPTA withholding payment requirements. Second TIGTA report issued in 2017. The second TIGTA report paints a bleak picture of U.S. tax compliance by NRAs holding U.S. rental property. It begins by clarifying the magnitude of the issue. NRAs have purchased a significant amount of U.S. real property in recent years, a large portion of which generates rental income. The second TIGTA report indicated that NRAs purchased $34.8 billion in 2013, $45.5 billion in 2014, $54.4 billion in 2015, and $43.5 billion in 2016. Main Categories of Noncompliance The second TIGTA report identified four principal problems. First, TIGTA discovered that a considerable number of NRAs were claiming net income treatment on the annual forms 1040NR despite the fact that they never made a proper Section 871D election. TIGTA studied a number of first-time Forms 1040-NR reporting rental income and expenses on Schedule E. The Section 871-D election is only made the first year and then remains in effect unless later revoked with the permission of the IRS. Of the Forms 1040-NR analyzed, only 32% of the NRAs included a Section 871-D election, and only six of the elections were complete. The remaining 68% deducting expenses related to a U.S. rental property did not enclose a Section 871-D election with their Forms 1040-NR. Based on these statistics, TIGTA estimated that approximately 12,000 NRAs failed to comply with the Section 871-D regulations in just one year. What does all this mean from an economic perspective? According to the second TIGTA report, the NRAs who inappropriately acted as if they had made a Section 871D election, when this was not the case, reported gross rental income of $1.78 million in one year. Then they improperly reduced this gross amount by $1.88 million in rental expenses, the result of which was that 58% of the noncompliant NRAs paid no U.S. income tax, or they got a tax refund. In reality, because of their failure to make a proper Section 871D election, the NRAs should have been subject to the flat 30% tax on gross income, which would have yielded the IRS approximately $534,000 in taxes, i.e. 30% of $1.78 million. When these figures were projected over the entire population, TIGTA estimated that the IRS loses about $56 million per year. Second, TIGTA learned that some NRAs are double-dipping, taking inconsistent tax positions in order to acquire two improper benefits. This is made possible, according to the second TIGTA report, because the IRS's systems do not adequately input or track the data about U.S. rental property that is supplied to the IRS on the first year's Section 871-D election statement. 
The initial benefit for certain NRAs is that they deduct rental expenses annually and subject the remaining net income to the graduated or progressive tax rates. The additional benefit comes when the property is later sold. Some unscrupulous NRAs conveniently forget to reduce their basis in the property by the amount of the depreciation expenses that they took over the years, thereby diminishing the total gain when they sell the property. In short, some NRAs recognized the Section 871D election, even if they did not properly claim it, for the purposes of reducing annual taxes on rental income and then failed to acknowledge such election when it comes time to sell. Third, some NRAs never file Forms 1040-NR, never notify withholding agents that they should be subject to a 30% tax rate on gross income, and thus never pay any U.S. income taxes on rental income. Putting numbers to this phenomenon, TIGTA calculates that 13% of NRAs with U.S. real property simply fail to file Forms 1040-NR, which triggers approximately $61 million in unreported rental income annually. Fourth, many withholding agents, i.e. renters, lessees, and property managers, are doing a deplorable job of collecting taxes on behalf of the IRS and of meeting their information reporting duties. Withholding agents must file Forms 1042-S, Foreign Persons U.S. Source Income Subject to Withholding, for each tax year in which rent is paid to NRAs, even when the NRA is exempt from withholding. They must also file Form 1042, Annual Withholding Tax Return for U.S. Source Income of Foreign Persons, if taxes were actually withheld from the rental payments and remitted to the IRS. The second TIGTA report indicates that noncompliance in this area is rampant. Indeed, only 3.6% of the NRAs owning U.S. real property who reported rental income and expenses on Schedule E of their Forms 1040-NR were supported by a corresponding Form 1042-S filed by the withholding agent. Solutions – Action Items for the IRS The second TIGTA report identified a few proposals for enhancing compliance by NRAs, which the IRS embraced. These areas included, one, revising Form 1040-NR such that taxpayers can make the Section 871-D election there by simply checking a box, two, creating a legal presumption that reporting of rental income and expenses on Schedule E to Form 1040-NR constitutes an election, and three, implementing a compliance initiative to address the problems caused by NRAs who do not properly report U.S. rental income. Third TIGTA report issued in 2020. NRAs caused most of the noncompliance described in the second TIGTA report, but the problems addressed in the third TIGTA report are attributable to the IRS. Problems caused by IRS procedures and personnel. TIGTA took a sampling from the FERPTA database and identified, for just one year, approximately 3,000 buyers of real property from foreign persons for which the tax withholding did not match the taxes assessed. The IRS divides these inconsistencies into two categories, situations where the withholding figures on Forms 8288 and Forms 8288-A were inexplicably different, and those where buyers simply failed to file Form 8288 or Form 8288-A. 
These discrepancies triggered sizable figures, with indications of a potential tax shortfall eclipsing $688 million. The third FERPTA report included errors and omissions by tax examiners in the FERPTA unit, as well as the issuance of inconsistent guidance by the IRS as the main causes of the problem. TIGDA also analyzed Forms 8288 filed for 2017 and 2018 and found that the IRS had not assessed more than $264 million in withholding taxes due under FERPTA. TIGDA pointed to two major triggers, one of which was the IRS allowing foreign sellers to benefit from a tax reduction or exemption, even though an application for a withholding certificate, i.e. Form 8288-B, was not filed with the IRS on or before the property transfer as required. The second cause was more mundane, i.e. processing errors by tax examiners. Next, TIGDA turned its attention to Forms 1040-NR filed by NRAs, claiming a tax credit for amounts withheld at source upon the property sale. It determined that because of errors by tax examiners, NRAs might have received more than $60 million in tax credits in 2017 alone, to which they were not legally entitled. Finally, TIGDA examined Forms 1099-S filed by settlement agents, which revealed that a considerable number of buyers of real property from NRAs neglected to file Forms 8288. It estimated potential tax loss to the IRS, based on the statistical sample, at approximately $22 million each year. Solutions – Action Items for the IRS the third TIGTA report features several recommendations to the IRS, many of which focus on increased training of tax examiners, improved processes, etc. A few of the recommendations, though, center on actions against NRAs who benefited from improper FERPTA implementation. For instance, in response to a recommendation from the TIGTA about credit recovery, the IRS warned that it would review relevant Forms 1040-NR, information in the FERPTA database, withholding certificates, and settlement statements to identify NRAs who received excessive credits and or refunds. The IRS indicated its intention to seek recoupment of the related amounts through deficiency procedures in situations where the assessment period remains open. IRS launches compliance campaign. It comes as no surprise that after TIGTA issues three reports identifying enforcement shortcomings when it comes to NRAs renting or selling U.S. property, the IRS announced a new compliance campaign in March 2020. This latest effort by the IRS supplements existing enforcement activities focused on NRAs and their possible violations in terms of tax credit claims, deductions, and treaty-based positions. It also is consistent with another FERPTA campaign under development, as subtly mentioned in the third TIGDA report. A flood of IRS audits usually begins soon after the introduction of a compliance campaign, and NRAs with non-compliance related to U.S. real property should expect nothing different. Proactive Options for Taxpayers In light of the IRS's burgeoning compliance campaign, most NRAs, except perhaps those with extreme risk tolerances or complete ignorance of the current environment, will be analyzing their options for rectifying issues with the IRS on the most favorable terms possible before an audit or investigation begins. 
Possibilities for NRAs with Rental Income Issues The primary targets of the IRS's new enforcement likely will be 1. NRAs who are claiming net income treatment on their annual Forms 1040-NR without first making a proper Section 871-D election, and 2. NRAs who do not file Forms 1040-NR, do not provide Forms W-8-B-E-N to allow tax withholding on gross income, and thus do not pay U.S. income taxes on the rental income they receive. Several possible options are addressed below. Solutions for NRAs who filed Forms 1040-NR but made no election. NRAs claiming net income treatment on their annual Forms 1040-NR without making a proper Section 871-D election have two main possibilities, making a late election pursuant to the regulations. NRAs might file Forms 1040-X to make the Section 871-D election retroactively without seeking advance permission from the IRS. The regulations provide detail about the time period during which an NRA can make a late Section 871-D election as follows. An NRA may, for the first taxable year for which the election under this section is to apply, make the initial election at any time before the expiration of the period prescribed by Section 6511-A or by Section 6511-C if the period for assessment is extended by agreement, for filing a claim for credit or refund of the tax imposed by Chapter 1 of the Code for such taxable year. This election may be made without the consent of the IRS. What does this mean exactly? Generally, a claim for refund or credit generally must be filed by a taxpayer within three years from the time that the relevant tax return was filed, regardless of whether the relevant tax return was timely filed or late or within two years from the time that the relevant taxes were paid, whichever period expires later. Here is an example of how this might function. If an NRA filed Form 1040-NR for year one on October 15 of year two and was oblivious to the need to attach a statement making a Section 871-D election, he would have until October 15 of year five to file an amended Form 1040-NR enclosing the late election for year one. Since it is effective for all subsequent years, the retroactive election for year one would allow net income treatment in year two, year three, and so forth. Making a late election via Section 9100 relief. If an NRA is unable to file a retroactive election to cover all affected years because the first Form 1040 NR was filed beyond the general refund period, or if the NRA wants the explicit advance blessing of the IRS, another option exists. Seeking a private letter ruling, or PLR, from the IRS National Office pursuant to Regulation 301.9100-3. This is commonly known as getting Section 9100 relief. The IRS has discretion to grant reasonable extensions for filing certain elections. The regulations provide that extension requests will be granted when the taxpayer establishes that 1. the taxpayer acted reasonably and in good faith, and 2. granting the extension will not prejudice the interests of the U.S. government. These phrases have special meanings within the context of Section 9100 relief, of course, and a deep dive into the relevant requirements exceeds the scope of this article. Solutions for NRAs who did not file Forms 1040-NR 
As indicated earlier in this article, Section 874A generally deprives an NRA of the deductions related to U.S. rental property unless he files a timely Form 1040-NR. The IRS can waive the timely filing duty, though, if the NRA demonstrates that he acted reasonably and in good faith. The IRS considers the following factors in making its decision. 1. Whether the NRA voluntarily approaches the IRS before it discovers the missing Form 1040-NR. 2. Whether the NRA was aware of his ability to file a protective Form 1040-NR. 3. Whether the NRA filed Forms 1040-NR for earlier years. 4. Whether, after exercising reasonable diligence, the NRA was understandably unaware of the duty to file Form 1040-NR. 5. Whether the failure to file Form 1040-NR was due to intervening events beyond the NRA's control. And 6. Whether other mitigating or exacerbating factors exist. The regulations provide several examples about how these rules function, including the following two, which emphasize the importance of noncompliant NRAs approaching the IRS proactively. Example 1. NRA discloses own failure to file. In year 1, A became a limited partner with a passive investment in a U.S. limited partnership that was engaged in a U.S. trader business. During year 1 through year 4, A incurred losses with respect to A's U.S. partnership interest. A's foreign tax advisor incorrectly concluded that because A was a limited partner and had only losses from A's partnership interest, A was not required to file a U.S. income tax return. A was aware neither of A's obligation to file a U.S. income tax return for those years, nor of A's ability to file a protective return for those years. A had never filed a U.S. income tax return before. In year five, A began realizing a profit rather than a loss with respect to the partnership interest, and for this reason engaged a U.S. tax advisor to handle A's responsibility to file U.S. income tax returns. In preparing A's U.S. income tax return for year five, A's U.S. tax advisor discovered that returns were not filed for year one through year four. Therefore, with respect to those years for which applicable filing deadlines had passed, A would be barred under Section 874A from claiming any deductions that otherwise would have given rise to net operating losses on returns for these years, and that would have been available as loss carry forwards in subsequent years. At A's direction, A's U.S. tax advisor promptly contacted the appropriate examining personnel and cooperated with the IRS in determining A's income tax liability, for example, by preparing and filing the appropriate income tax returns for year 1 through year 4 and by making A's books and records available to an IRS examiner. A has met the standard for waiver of any applicable filing deadlines. Example 5. IRS discovers NRA's failure to file. In year 1, A, a computer programmer, opened an office in the United States to market and sell a software program that A had developed outside the United States. Through A's personal efforts, U.S. sales of the software produced income effectively connected with a U.S. trade or business. A had extensive experience conducting similar business activities in other countries, including making the appropriate tax filings. 
A, however, was aware neither of A's obligation to file a U.S. income tax return for those years, nor of A's ability to file a protective return for those years. A had never filed a U.S. income tax return before. Despite A's extensive experience conducting similar business activities in other countries, A made no effort to seek advice in connection with A's U.S. tax obligations. A failed to file either U.S. income tax returns or protective returns for year one and year two. In November of year three, an IRS examiner asked A for an explanation of A's failure to file U.S. income tax returns. A immediately engaged a U.S. tax advisor and cooperated with the IRS in determining A's income tax liability, for example, by preparing and filing the appropriate income tax returns for year one and year two, and by making A's books and records available to the examiner. A did not present evidence that intervening events beyond A's control prevented A from filing a return, and there were no other mitigating factors. A has not met the standard for waiver of any applicable filing deadlines. Possibilities for NRAs with U.S. property sales issues Judging from the third TIGDA report, the IRS will likely focus its scrutiny on 1. NRAs who did not file Forms 1040-NR, did not notify the property buyer or settlement agent that they were subject to withholding, and thus did not pay any U.S. income tax on the sales proceeds, and 2. NRAs who benefited from reduced tax liabilities or received a refund by claiming excessive tax credits on Forms 1040-NR. NRAs in this situation might consider whether they can voluntarily approach the IRS in one of the manners discussed below. Filing Qualified Amended Returns NRAs who filed a Form 1040-NR claiming questionable tax credits related to FERPTA withholding might consider filing a Qualified Amended Return, or QAR. In situations where a tax underpayment is attributable to one of several things, the IRS generally can assert an accuracy-related penalty equal to a percentage of the tax underpayment. The standard penalty is 20% of the underpayment amount. In the case of an individual taxpayer, an underpayment generally means the difference between the tax liability that the taxpayer reported on his Form 1040 and the tax liability that should have been reported if the taxpayer had completed his Form 1040 correctly. For instance, where the taxpayer's true tax liability was $100,000, but he only reported $80,000 on his Form 1040, then the IRS ordinarily could assert a penalty of $4,000, i.e., a $20,000 tax understatement multiplied by 20%. A little-known mechanism exists whereby a taxpayer can reduce or eliminate the tax underpayment after filing the original Form 1040 with the IRS. This is called a QAR. In essence, if a taxpayer files a Form 1040 and later realizes that it resulted in a tax underpayment, he has a limited opportunity to submit a QAR to rectify the situation. The purpose of the QAR rules was to encourage voluntary compliance by permitting taxpayers to avoid accuracy-related penalties by filing a Form 1040-X before the IRS begins an investigation of the taxpayer or the promoter of a transaction in which the taxpayer participated. According to the regulations, for purposes of determining the applicability or size of accuracy-related penalties, the tax liability shown on the original Form 1040 
includes the amount of additional tax reflected on the QAR. Modifying the basic example noted above, if the taxpayer filed a Form 1040 showing a tax liability of $80,000, but subsequently submitted a QAR indicating a revised liability of $100,000, then no underpayment would exist, and the IRS would thus have no grounds for asserting an accuracy-related penalty. A Form 1040X will not be a QAR unless the NRA files it before any of the following. The date on which the IRS contacts the taxpayer concerning a civil examination or criminal investigation with respect to the relevant tax return. The date on which the IRS contacts any person concerning a tax shelter promoter investigation under Section 6700 for an activity with respect to which the taxpayer claimed any tax benefit directly or indirectly through an entity, plan, or arrangement. In the case of items attributable to a pass-through entity, i.e. partnership, subchapter S corporation, estate, trust, regulated investment company, real estate investment trust, or real estate mortgage investment conduit, the date on which the IRS first contacts the pass-through entity in connection with the civil examination of the relevant return, such as Form 1065, U.S. Return of Partnership Income. The date on which the IRS serves a summons relating to the tax liability of a person, group, or class that includes the taxpayer or a pass-through entity of which the taxpayer is a partner, shareholder, beneficiary, or holder of a residual interest in a real estate mortgage investment conduit, with respect to an activity for which the taxpayer claimed any tax benefit on his Form 1040, directly or indirectly. The date on which the IRS announces a settlement initiative to compromise or waive penalties, partially or completely, with respect to a listed transaction, and the taxpayer participated in the listed transaction during the relevant year or years. One of the biggest challenges for taxpayers is convincing the IRS and or the courts that the Form 1040X they file constitutes a QAR, as this term is narrowly defined. For example, in PARA TCM 2002-283, the tax court rejected QAR status because the Forms 1040X were filed with the service center after the IRS had commenced an examination of the taxpayer. Likewise, in Wilkerson, TC Summary Op 2004-99, the tax court refused to classify Forms 1040X as QARs when the taxpayer filed them with the appeals office after the IRS issued a notice of deficiency and after the taxpayer filed a petition with the tax court. Finally, in Bergman 137 TC 136 2011, the tax court held that the taxpayer had not filed QARs because, by the time the Forms 1040X reached the IRS, it had already started a promoter investigation and issued summonses related to the pertinent transactions and years. Approaching the IRS under Newest Disclosure Program Another potential option for NRAs, particularly those who intentionally declined to file Forms 1040NR in the first place, and those who took steps to subvert the U.S. tax system after the IRS rejected their Form 8288-B seeking a withholding exemption, might be to participate in the Updated Voluntary Disclosure Practice, or UVDP. The IRS introduced the UVDP in late 2018 as it terminated the long-standing Offshore Voluntary Disclosure Program. 
the UVDP applies to all types of taxes, including income, gift, estate, employment, excise, etc., and it covers both international and purely domestic matters. According to the IRS, the objective of the UVDP is to provide taxpayers concerned that their conduct is willful or fraudulent and that may rise to the level of tax and tax-related criminal acts with a means to come into compliance with the law and potentially avoid criminal prosecution. The settlement terms under the UVDP are not terribly beneficial to taxpayers from a financial perspective, but participation should achieve one key goal, avoidance of criminal sanctions. UVDP cases generally cover the most recent six closed tax years, though exceptions exist. For instance, if the IRS and taxpayer cannot resolve a case by mutual agreement, then the revenue agent has discretion to expand the scope to include the full duration of the noncompliance and may assert maximum penalties under the law with approval of management. Conversely, in situations where the noncompliance lasted fewer than six years, the scope can be limited to just those years with issues. Generally, the IRS will assert a civil fraud penalty equal to 75% of the tax liability to the one year during the disclosure period with the highest tax liability. In limited circumstances, revenue agents may apply the civil fraud penalty to more than one year, up to all six years, based on the facts and circumstances of the case. Additionally, revenue agents can impose civil fraud penalties beyond six years if taxpayers fail to cooperate and resolve the audit by agreement. Taxpayers are not precluded from seeking an accuracy-related penalty of 20% of the tax liability instead of a civil fraud penalty at 75%. However, given the purpose of the UVDP, the acceptance of lesser penalties by the IRS will be exceptional and taxpayers must present convincing evidence to justify a reduction. Contrary to the harsh stance by the IRS regarding the disclosure period and tax-related penalties, taxpayers might be able to escape sanctions for unfiled information returns. The IRS will not automatically assess these under the UVDP. Making a quiet disclosure One more potential option for non-compliant NRAs, which was unavailable in the past, might be to make a quiet disclosure with the IRS, filing all outstanding Forms 1040-NR and paying all corresponding taxes and interest charges. The IRS has warned taxpayers since it began introducing its recent wave of voluntary disclosure programs back in 2009 not to circumvent such programs by making a so-called quiet disclosure. This essentially means taxpayers proactively resolving issues with the IRS by filing Forms 1040X and or information returns without officially participating in a recognized disclosure program with hopes that the IRS will process the returns in the regular course not start an audit, and not impose penalties. The IRS repeatedly announced in prior years that it planned to identify and harshly sanction attempted quiet disclosures. With the recent introduction of the UVDP, though, the IRS changed course, telling taxpayers that they can now make quiet disclosures provided there's no risk of criminality. The IRS stated the following in this regard. Voluntary disclosure is a long-standing practice of the IRS to provide taxpayers with criminal exposure a means to come into compliance with the law and potentially avoid criminal prosecution. 
This memorandum announcing the UVDP updates that voluntary disclosure practice. Taxpayers who did not commit any tax or tax-related crimes and do not need the voluntary disclosure practice to seek protection from potential criminal prosecution can continue to correct past mistakes using the procedures mentioned above or by filing an amended or past-due tax return. When these returns are examined, examiners will follow existing law and guidance governing audits of the issues. Tax professionals were suspicious about this drastic reversal of position by the IRS, so they asked pointed questions of a high-ranking IRS official during a recent tax conference. Such official confirmed that the IRS changed its earlier position and indicated that the normal look-back period for quiet disclosures will be six years, just like submissions under the UVDP. Conclusion This article demonstrates that significant noncompliance related to the renting and selling of U.S. real property by NRAs has been occurring for many years. The IRS, thanks to the three TIGDA reports, is fully aware of the issues now. The IRS ushered in a new compliance campaign in March 2020 to address the problem, which surely will feature the widespread audits of potentially noncompliant NRAs. Because applicable law allows the liability for failure to withhold and remit tax to the IRS to spread to others, it would not be surprising if the IRS's budding enforcement efforts were to center on noncompliant U.S. buyers and settlement agents, too. Cognizant of these realities, NRAs and others involved with foreign owners of U.S. real property would be wise to contact tax and legal professionals experienced in this area in order to explore the options for proactively rectifying issues with the IRS on the most beneficial terms available. Thank you for listening to New IRS Enforcement Campaign to Stop Tax Violations by Non-Resident Aliens Renting and Selling U.S. Real Property Written by Hale E. Shepard Narrated by Susan McGurl Published in Journal of Taxation, September 2020 I hope you enjoyed the article. Feedback from listeners helps to improve my writing, so I welcome your comments and questions. You can contact me by email at Hale dot shepherd at chamberlainlaw.com that's h-a-l-e dot s-h-e-p-p-a-r-d at chamberlainlaw.com or through my website at www.prosebytaxpros.com that's p-r-o-s-e-b-y-t-a-x-p-r-o-s dot com <laughs>